everybody, welcome to the X Report. I'm Raven X, and alongside me today is an X Report OG. Throwback to the older episodes, the first uh, couple of years of us doing this. Very happy to have Malik Robinson on here. Malik, thank you for taking the time out to come to fill in and talk some NFL with me. Yeah, it's good to be back. Football's back, so it's good. So. I know it's the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, Ethan is away this week, and so, but it's all good. We got you taken care of. Like I said, Malik is going to fill in for the NFL portion, and we got a very special guest to talk NBA and WWE with me. So, can't wait to get that started. But before we get into the show, please do check out the Export.net. I repeat, the Export.net for exclusive sports content written by your truly fellow Export writers. Previous episodes of our lovely podcast and our YouTube channel entitled The X Report. So without further ado, let's go ahead and kick off the NFL portion like we do during the football season with our college football player spotlight. And this week, that spotlight is going to be on Colorado quarterback Shador Sanders, who after a breakout performance against Nebraska, where he completed 31 of 42 passes for 393 yards and three total touchdowns, it's got some people questioning should he be considered one of the top quarterbacks of this draft class? For those of you who don't know or have been living under the rock, everyone's expecting USC's Caleb Williams to be in that conversation. Uh, Drake May uh, from North Carolina is another guy. Quinn Ewers, especially with that win over Alabama. Texas quarterback. Do you feel like there is a chance for Shadour to kind of enter himself in maybe that top three quarterback class or maybe even take that number one spot when it's all said and done this season? Um, I think there's a chance. Do I think he'll do it? I'll say no. Um, obviously, you know, with his dad being high profile, being prime, that's going to put him up there. But I believe he would have to be, and I've been saying this from the get-go, I think the game with him versus Keller Williams is important. I think if he outperforms Keller Williams in that game and beats him, that's going to push him up to where I would say yes, and also against Oregon. So I think there's have a chance. Do I think it's going to happen? No, but I do think there's a chance. I think there's a chance as well because you mentioned Caleb Williams. You got to see him. Bo Nix is another guy who's been making some waves at Oregon. Uh, Michael Penix out of Washington is another guy who's been lighting it up. But, I mean, these first two games for Shadour have been really, really impressive. And, I mean, technically he doesn't have to go to the draft. He could decide to stay another year. But I think if his draft stock is high enough, he's going to end up deciding to go to the NFL because it's hard to bypass NFL money. But speaking of the NFL, let's go ahead and take a look back at week one around the league first games of the 2023-2024 regular season and what a sloppy week of football it was uh starting things off thursday night football the detroit lions defeated the reigning super bowl champions kansas city chiefs 21 to 20 your uh cleveland browns made a statement against the cincinnati Bengals 24 to 23 my ravens beat the texans 25 to 9 buccaneers beat vikings in a close one 20 to 17 Falcons win against the Panthers 24-10. Uh, Commanders hold on to beat the Arizona Cardinals 20-16. Jaguars defeat the Indianapolis Colts 31-21. Uh, 49ers blow out the Steelers 30-7. Uh, Saints win a close one against the Titans 16-15. Uh, Raiders win a tight one against the Broncos 17-16. Eagles win a defensive battle against the New England Patriots 25-20. Rams upset the Seattle Seahawks 30-13. Uh, the Dolphins win a dogfight against the Los Angeles Chargers, 36-34. Packers prove that they still own the Bears, beating them 38-20. 
Cowboys obliterate the Giants on Sunday Night Football 40 to nothing. And then the New York Jets in walk-off fashion defeat the Buffalo Bills 22-16 to despite the loss of Aaron Rodgers. And you know we're going to talk about that. Um, I ended up going 8-7 and on the week, as did Ethan. I had picked the Chargers to win, and he picked the, set, the Titans to win. So those results are the reason why we tied. But all right, let's get to the big stuff. Let's talk some injury news. Starting off in Philadelphia, quite a few injuries to, that we'll talk about shortly. But the biggest one is linebacker Nicobe Dean out for multiple weeks, weeks with a foot injury. Wide receiver Cooper Cup has officially been placed on IR, meaning he's going to miss the first four weeks of the season, meaning he's already not missed the Seahawks game. So he's got three more to go before he can come back. Your Browns lose starting right tackle Jack Conklin for the year with the torn ACL and MCL. Steelers are hit on offense and defense with defensive tackle Cam Hayward out for a few weeks after getting surgery on his groin and wide receiver Deontay Johnson out with a hamstring injury. Baltimore, we're losing running back J.K. Dobbins, who has the worst luck with the torn ACL he's done for the season. And then, of course, the biggest injury news of them all is a Jets quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, four snaps into his Jets career suffers a torn Achilles ending his season. So the big question now is what's next for the Jets? Uh, publicly, Robert Salah said that this is Zach Wilson's team. We've heard that before. But they've also been mentioned to look at some veteran quarterbacks. So what do you think is going to happen next for the Jets? What do you do at quarterback? Well, I mean, right now, I think what they're going to do is they're going to ride with Zach Wilson. Um, obviously, you will try to bring someone in just in case he goes down or plays badly. Um, there's not really that many options out there. Um, I heard early in the week they tried to bluff a Chad Henney, but he doesn't want to come back. Um, call it Kaepernick, but he ain't played in well over five, six years almost. So there's really not that many options out there. I think you just got to ride it out with Zach Wilson and hope for the best. The thing about the thing about Colin Kaepernick is not they call they didn't call him, his agent called them, which is I think we just gotta let the cap the cap thing go. But um, so it's interesting you mentioned that it's not exactly the most flourishing pool of free agent quarterbacks. But here are a few names: Carson Wentz, Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, Nick Foles, Ben DiNucci. Um, Joe Flacco, who played for them last year. Bryce Perkins is possibly a guy. Trevor Simeon. Colt McCoy. Personally, I think I would bring in Colt McCoy just because he's a veteran. He's done this for a million years, and he's not terrible. Obviously, I think I would I agree with you. I would just go ahead and start Zach Wilson for the time being. Don't make a change unless you absolutely have to. But I think having Cole McCoy there could really help coach up Zach so he can be ready for this moment because, I mean, that was one of the added benefits of Aaron Rodgers. Yes, what he can do on the field. Yes, the fact that he gives you championship aspirations. But also, he can kind of teach Zach Wilson some of the nuances of the game that a veteran and future Hall of Famer can give him that he wasn't getting otherwise. Um, but let's go ahead and look at the Jets' upcoming slate of games. They This upcoming Sunday, they got Cowboys, and they got Patriots, Chiefs, Broncos, Eagles. Tough sledding for the Jets. With their roster as it is presently constructed, how many of these games do you think they win out of the next five? So they have Patriots. They got Cowboys. Okay, let's just go game by game. Cowboys. I got that as an L. I think they lose to the Cowboys. Patriots. 
think it probably beats Patriots. I'm going to go Patriots just because I don't think I've seen a game, a good game from Zach Wilson against the Patriots. I could be wrong, but I don't have seen it. They got the Chiefs after that. I think the Chiefs are going to beat them. Yeah. Broncos. I'm going Broncos. That's a... It's a toss-up, but I right now I think I'd go Broncos. I'm going to go Broncos. And then Eagles. Eagles. Yeah. I got them losing the next five. I could absolutely be wrong. Stranger things have happened, but it's going to be ugly for the Jets. And, again, me saying I think they're going to lose, it's not that I think they're going to get blown out. I think their defense is going to help them to be competitive. I just I just think it's going to be hard, too hard to overcome offensively. But let's look at it from the Aaron Rodgers standpoint. He's 39 years old. He's suffered injuries before, but this is by far the biggest injury that he has suffered in his career and mind you, it happened 75 seconds, four snaps into his Jets career. He hasn't been shy to, about talking about the thought of retiring, wanting to hang it up. So do you think that this is going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back and that he's going to decide to retire? Or do you think he comes back for the 2024 season? Um, I think he comes back for the 2024 season. Um, it's going to be hard, I would say, for him. Uh, but I don't think he's going to go out like that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Jets do at quarterback, but I do believe Earl Rice will be back. I think he's going to come back too just because, like you said, I don't think he wants to go out like that. I think it'll be interesting to see when he'll actually be able to come back though because it's hard enough to recover from an Achilles injury when you're 24 years old, but now you're almost 40. I wonder how that's going to affect the recovery process and if he's going to – he's never been the most mobile guy, but is he still going to be able to move around out of the pocket? What is the offensive line going to do to protect him if he does come back? It's a lot of questions that I think that he's going to be asking himself over these next several months. But as of right now, I think he'll come back even though he really doesn't have anything to prove. But, all right, let's go ahead and move on. Let's talk week one in general, giving our top five takeaways. Since you are the guest, you can go ahead and kick us off. What is your – you can start at your one as your biggest one, five, whatever order you want to go in. What would you say is one of your takeaways from this past weekend of action? Number five, um, I don't know anything about how the schedule is going to pop out. I did not see – some of these losses coming. Um, one thing I learned was that you can't count no team out. I didn't see the Lions winning. Um, I didn't see the Bengals going down the way they did. Um, I didn't see the Jets winning at all. I, mean, I didn't know the Rodgers would hurt. So I would say number five takeaway is the NFL is unpredictable and you know nothing when you think you do. It's funny because that was like my number one, um, literally – Week one is a friendly reminder that football is played on the field and not on paper. I mean, again, you see these schedules or, you know, you'll hear people say, oh, such and such has an easy schedule, such and such has a hard schedule. We don't know anything until these teams actually step onto the field. And when they do, it's a whole nother ball game. So, yeah, that was my biggest takeaway as well. All right, what's your next one? Number two. Mm, the Browns defense is real. Uh, <clears throat> Takeaway is defense wins championships, man. Uh, they performed well. Uh, I didn't think they would do Joe Burrow like that. Uh, rest is real. Uh, that's another thing I want to say is basically all these players that's been out hurt and then play the preseason for real, you know, it's, it's real. Rest is real. So that's not number four takeaway is rest is real. 
Uh, my next takeaway is the Giants should have committed more resources to their offensive line. For those of you who watch Sunday Night Football, and if you're like me and actually watch the whole game, I'm sorry you can't get your time back because the Giants got obliterated and it started and it ended with their offensive line. Not even a Daniel Jones fan, but I actually start feeling bad for the guy after a while. He ended up getting sacked seven times and faced 27 pressures, with 17 of them coming from the right side of his line, right tackle Evan Neal and then Mark Lewinsky, their right guard. I understand you got a quarterback, you got to pay him, you got to get him set up. Andrew Thomas, your left tackle, needed a deal, but with the O-line this bad, they should have done way more this offseason to get them right. Right. Okay, I see that one. Okay, my next one is Tua Tovaloga looks good with he's healthy. Um, Miami might be a threat. You know, Tua can stay healthy. He can play like he did. Um, they will be a threat. He looked better than Justin Herbert did. And that says something. So that's my other takeaway. If Tua can stay healthy, I think they'll be a major threat. Next up for me is death taxes and the Packers still own the Bears. I picked the Packers to win this game just because, again, I'm a big believer in their defense, and I don't think that the Bears' offense has done enough to really catapult them into the stratosphere that a lot of people are trying to put them in. I just didn't know it was going to be that ugly. And so, yeah, shout-out to the Packers, not taking anything away from them, but I think that the Bears have a lot of work to do before we can really say that they gave – Justin Fields a competent team or that we can even really say that Justin Fields has established himself as a top quarterback even in the NFC gotcha on that one mine is actually another quarterback Kenny Pickett doesn't look ready he looks shook um, they're starting off tough that played the 49ers obviously that's a tough defense and now you turn back around on Monday night and play the Browns that's Look like they're a tough defense. So, takeaway is I think they need to give Kenny some more protection. He was getting hit last game. He needs to be smarter with the football, turn the ball over, but he doesn't look ready yet. So, that's my little takeaway is Kenny Pickett doesn't look ready. All right, keeping things on the quarterback discussion. Ryan Tannehill is not doing himself any favors if he is looking for a contract extension with the Titans. I mean, if the team you've been playing for helped lead them to the playoffs a couple times, won some divisional titles, if in back-to-back years they have spent high day two picks on a quarterback, that should tell you something. And if you know that you have this pressure and you know that they're looking to replace you, wouldn't you want to come out and should put your best foot forward Common Sense says yes. Ryan Tannehill said no. He had a terrible game against the New Orleans Saints through three picks. And, again, just it's one of those examples as to why you can't trust Ryan Tannehill. And as much as I love D-Hop, he's not going to save this offense. And I think that he's really just – Ryan Tannehill, I mean, is just on borrowed time, not just with the Tennessee Titans but the league in general. I guess this will be number one, right? Yep. Number one takeaway is actually your team, but it's kind of a two-part. Zay Flowers – is that dude. And number two, I would say, is the injury bug never leaves Baltimore. Uh, obviously, my boy J.K. Dobbins got hurt. He went down. And also safety, Marcus Williams went down. Yeah. Not to mention Roddy Stanley, Tyler Lindenbaum also went down. So the Ravens just cannot catch a break each year. Somebody's significant is going to go down. I think that's, that's, that's the biggest takeaway I got is, hey, Zay Flowers is that dude. But the Ravens also go down with injury bugs. That's the thing. 
I'm not really tripping too hard about Ronnie and uh, Tyler because it's week to week, so who knows. Marcus Williams is weird because at first I heard Torn Peck, but then Harbs did a, a presser Monday, Tuesday, one of the two, and he said it wasn't to that extent. He's going to be able to come back. It's just a matter of what treatment is he going to go for and how that will determine when he comes back. Obviously, you hate to see it. It's very dif- disadvantageous. But luckily, we got to see what Geno Stone could do in his stead. Hopefully, Marcus Williams could come back because obviously when he's on the field, he is impactful. But don't get me wrong. You're absolutely right. It's so frustrating seeing people go down, and I just want to be healthy. I guess that's asking for too much, not wanting my players to go down, even if it's just short term. Like, just just stay healthy. But all right, uh, my last takeaway is even after spending a first-round pick on Dalton Kincaid, it is clear the Bills' offense is still run through Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is a bad man, top 10 at worst, in the NFL today, had 10 catches, 102 yards, and the lone touchdown of the game for the Bills against a very good Bills secondary. However, as great as he is, we have seen it time and time again across the NFL for years. When you only hone in on one target, one player, your offense is going to be stymied no matter how good that player is. We've seen it several times with the Tennessee Titans and them feeding Derrick Henry a lot. It looks good in spurts, but down the stretch, it hurts you. We're seeing it right now with Stephon Diggs and the Bills. He's great. Josh Allen is much better than he played on Monday, but just trying to force feed him touches is playing a very dangerous game. But all right, let's go ahead and talk about players individually. And we're going to start off on a high note with the players that we were most impressed by. So let's start off on the offensive side of the ball. What offensive player impressed you the most week one? Mm, I would want to say Tua. Uh, Tua. Uh, I didn't think he was going to shred the Chargers defense like he did. I didn't see that coming. You did it? Uh, sharp, make good defense with the football, spread it around. I mean, it helps when you got Tyreek Hill there, but I'm going to say Tua, man. Tua surprised me. Um, I'm going to go with Brees Hall. I mean, coming back from that uh, Achilles injury, a lot of questions about what kind of player was he going to be, what was his usage going to be. Well, now we see it. He's still as explosive. Well, not as explosive, but still a very explosive player. Um, finished the game with uh, 10 carries for 127 yards, including the 83-yard run that I feel like if this was pre-ACL injury, he would have scored a touchdown. I mean, that's one of the great things, you know, seeing a guy – have a great season, go down, come back and pick up where he left off. And I think that this has potential to be a huge year for him, uh, especially with uh, Aaron Rodgers out for this season. So I think they're going to rely on that run game heavily. All right, defensively, who was the most impressive player for you? That's a tough one. You want me to go first? Yeah, you can go first. That's a tough one. I'm going to go the only defensive player. Actually, not even defense. The only player for the Steelers who looked good against the 49ers, and that is T.J. Watt. Because that man, if he could put the defense on the back, he his back he would have. He had five tackles, three sacks, two forced fumbles, and a fumble recovery. Man was playing like his hair was on fire, but that's just a friendly reminder. He is less than two years removed from being the reigning defensive player of the year. And me and Ethan talked about it last week. If he's healthy, I think he's going to end up winning it again. He's a bad, bad man. And if you're going to play him, you better put your best offensive lineman on him. 
Okay, I'm gonna go with one of your boys for LSU, and I'm actually gonna Grant Delphin. Um, if you watch that game, man, Grant Delphin was all over the field for that secondary. He was in the box. He was covering. He was breaking up passes. He was hitting everything that moves. He was crashing down. So I would say Grant Delphin, if he can stay healthy and build on the season that he had last year, I think that he could potentially go to the Pro Bowl or be one of the best safeties in the league. So I'm going to say Grant Delphin. Always a great day when the LSU Tiger gets some props. All right, who, in your opinion, was the most disappointed player this week? Well, I ain't going to pile on Joe Burrow, so I'm not going to say Joe Burrow. I was going to say Joe Burrow, but I'm It's a lot of options. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I'm going to say T. Higgins. And I know I could have went Jamar Chase here, but I'm going to say T. Higgins. The man had no catches. At least Jamar had five catches. <laughs> the man had no catches. He got literally shut down. He was non-existent. Um, didn't seem like he was into the game for real. I know he's having the contract dispute with the Bengals, but he didn't seem like he was into it. Um, he looked non-existent. Uh, was getting locked down. Very disappointed. Even Tyler Boyd, think he had a catch or so. So, but no, I'm, I'm gonna say T. Higgins. He really let his team down there. So T. Higgins will be one of the most disappointed players. And we talking players who let their team down. The man said it himself. It's Josh Allen. Like I'm, I know we're all used to him kind of making those questionable decisions. But like I talked about earlier today. For every questionable decision he makes, he ends up, like, covering it up with a big play or ends up getting some crazy game-winning drive after the fact. That did not happen on Monday night. Mans looked terrible. Had four turnovers, including three picks, and two of those picks were just dumb throws in the double coverage. Again, Stephon Diggs is amazing, but there are two men draped over him. How much likely do you think he's going to catch that ball? If you're a guy like Josh Allen who is considered a top three quarterback in this league and your team is viewed as a Super Bowl contender and everybody's expecting this to be the year you make the jump, you have to make the jump, and you can't have disappointing and poor decision-making games like he had on Monday night. He literally gave that game away. But all right, uh, last thing before we move on to some current news and make our week two game picks, who was your rookie of the week? Rookie of the week. Whew. I'm going to say Richard, Anthony Richardson uh, for the Colts. Uh, didn't see that coming. I had a pretty good game before he got hurt. I think, man, he was uh, kind of sexed about it a little bit. He was doing good before he went out. So I'm going to say, as you said, if he can build on the game that he had week one, I believe he's going to be a surprise of the league. So I'm going to say, as you said, remind me of Cam Newton a little bit. So I'm going to say, as you Yeah, during the combine, he was asked about the quarterbacks he looked up to. And he mentioned uh, Lamar Jackson and Cam Newton. And he was like, his friends used to call him Cam Jackson. So that's a fun little tidbit. Um, my rookie, I'm going to stick on the offensive side. And I'm going to go with a player who honestly did not think I would mention his name all season. But I'm going Rams wide receiver Puka Nakua. When it was announced that Cooper Cup was going to be out for the first four games, I was thinking it was going to be Van Jefferson's time to stand up. Instead, it was Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua. More so surprised by him. I know he had a good preseason. I know that everybody was raving about him. I just didn't know he was going to step up and be the guy. Uh, finished the game with 10 catches and 119 yards. A great way to break into the NFL, especially when you do so against a division opponent. So props to him. But all right, let's go ahead and move on to some league news. And there are some players who made some money, starting with Cesar Ruiz, offensive lineman for the uh, 
the New Orleans Saints. He signed a four-year deal with a maximum of earning of $44 million, 30 mil guaranteed. Congratulations to him. And after missing week one against the Detroit Lions via a holdout, star defensive tackle Chris Jones is back with the team after he and his agent reworked his deal to get a one-year $19 million deal with the chance to hit 25 mil with extensions. Um, this adds no extra years to his contract. He still technically could be a free agent after this season, but the Chiefs do have the option of franchise tagging him if they so desire. So now that Chris Jones is back, how do you like this move for both sides? Do you think that Chris Jones did the right thing? Should he uh, ask more money? That the Chiefs waited him out. How do you think that this situation was handled? Well, for Chris Jones, I think he did the right thing. For one year, 25 mil is a lot of money for just one year. Uh, from the Chiefs' side, I think they could have just waited him out. Um, he would have been forced to play after week eight, I believe. Mm. And I get why you did it because you do definitely do need him down the stretch. Um, I think, I believe. Chris Jones may be done. I believe somewhere he's going to go somewhere next year where someone can pay him the money that he wants. Um, so, yeah, that's how I believe he's going to pay. I think he's going to do this last year, going to try to make a run, and then next year he's going to be done with the Chiefs. He's going to go somewhere where they can pay him a lot of money. I mean, I'm all for getting your money. I mean, Chris Jones last season was the best defensive tackle in football. It's just going to be interesting to me to see how is his demeanor. And if you're right. Is he going to go for money or winning? I mean, Travis Kelsey talked about it as much as, you know, he knows he could wait, make way more money if he were to leave. He likes winning. He likes getting them Super Bowl rings, which I totally respect. I'm, I guess I'm a little bit surprised that Chris Jones isn't thinking like that. But, I mean, it's fair. You got to get your money at the end of the day. And, I mean, we saw with the Patriots – of the 2000s so many players took pay cuts most notably tom brady to keep the team together and to have that success but i mean hey at the end of the day you got you a ring actually no he's got two rings now so you want to make your money i ain't mad at you uh let's go ahead and make our game picks for week two starting with thursday night football the philadelphia eagles are hosting the minnesota vikings but just a heads up i mentioned to kobe dean so far, they have already announced three players who are out of the game, and that is running back Kenneth Gainwell with a rib injury, cornerback James Bradbury is out with a concussion, and safety Reed Blankenship is out with a rib injury. With that being said, I'm still going Eagles, but I think it's going to make things very interesting. I want to go Eagles, but I'm going to watch the matchup because last time Slay played Judd Jefferson, it was very interesting. So I know he's going to want some get back from that game. So it's going to be interesting, but uh, I'm, I'm going to go Eagles in a close one. I, I'm interested to see with Jay Jettis, is Slay going to travel with him? Honestly, he may not have a choice because what are you going to do? Put Avante Maddox on Justin Jefferson and think that's going to work? Yeah, I agree. Keely yeah. Ringo? Nah. Yeah, he's going to have to travel with him. Yeah, he's going to have to travel. Um, all right, next up, let's move on to Sunday's games. The Chicago Bears are headed to Tampa to face the Buccaneers. I'm going Bucks. I will go Bears. Uh, Green Bay Packers versus the Atlanta Falcons. I got Packers. I'm going Packers. Houston Texans hosting the Indianapolis Colts. Ooh. I'm going to go Colts. Seattle Seahawks facing the Detroit Lions. This is tough, but I think I'm going to go Detroit. 
I'm gonna go Detroit. I think they ride high off that momentum of beating Kansas City. I'm gonna go Detroit. All right. Next up, we have the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Tennessee Titans. Sorry, Ethan. I'm going Chargers. Yeah, I'm going Chargers. Baltimore Ravens versus the Cincinnati Bengals. I got Ravens off of a field goal from the goat, Justin Tucker. <sighs> That's a tough one. I'm gonna go. Bengals just because they got their butts and berries. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a very close game. I'm interested. I think Baltimore won their game, but it wasn't like a dang, they really won. Like it was ugly. The defense played fine for the most part, but offensively you got some kinks to work out. So I think this is a bounce back game from both sides. Um Las Vegas Raiders versus the Buffalo Bills. If the Bills don't win by double digits, it's a disappointment. Yeah, I'm going Bills. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Rematch of the AFC Divisional Round. I got the same result. I got Chiefs. I'm going to go Jacksonville. Go Jacksonville. That's fair. San Francisco 49ers versus the Los Angeles Rams. I got 49ers because the Rams have not been able to beat them in I don't know how many games. I'm going 49ers. New York Giants going to the desert to face the Arizona Cardinals. I got Giants, but I think this game is going to wind up being closer than it probably should be. Yeah, I got Giants. Uh, New York Giants. I'm sorry, New York Jets facing the Dallas Cowboys. I already gave my prediction earlier. I got Cowboys. Yeah, I've won Cowboys as well. Denver Broncos versus the Washington Commanders. I got Broncos. I'm going to go Broncos on this one, too, as well. Sunday Night Football, the Miami Dolphins are headed to Foxborough to face the uh, New England Patriots. I think this game is going to be closer than people are giving the Patriots credit for, just because their defense, they may not have a whole bunch of superstars, but Bill Belichick is going to have them get right. They're not going to give up too many big plays. With that being said, though, I still got Dolphins. Yeah, I got Dolphins. All right, Monday Night Football, we got a doubleheader, starting off with the New Orleans Saints versus the Carolina Panthers. I got Saints. I'm a good Panthers. And then last but not least, we have the Cleveland Browns versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. You talked about a team looking for a bounce back. I feel that way about the Steelers, and these games are always dog fights. I think especially with the loss of Jack Conklin, T.J. Watt is, is, is going to go crazy. I got Steelers. I got Steelers. And I say that because we haven't beaten the Steelers at Pittsburgh since 2003. So, Steelers at home, I would say yes. But I'm going to say it's Pittsburgh. And it hurts me to say it. I got Pittsburgh winning. Yeah, it'd be like that. Honestly, it wouldn't shock me if we lost to Cincinnati just because, I mean – just because it, especially if Jamar Chase comes out and our, if Marlo don't play, it's going to be rough. But I. Well, wait, 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 wait. But for the Steelers, though, who's not playing? They got a buttload of injuries. Deontay Johnson and Cam Hayward aren't playing. Yeah, that's, that's key. I forgot about that. But I still think they'll pull it out, but that, that's too big for them. I think George Pickens going to be cool. And they still got Alex Highsmith. Yeah. To bring pressure on the other side. I think, I think they'll be okay. Um, because let's be honest, George Pickens is really their wide receiver one. They just haven't said it. Um, all right, before we move on to our NBA portion, let's talk the offensive, defensive, and rookies we're watching, as well as the teams we are calling out ahead of week two. So, who you got? Who you call? Who are the team players you're watching? Uh, 
Players. I I misspoke. Players you're watching and team you're calling out. Rookies I'm watching. <clears throat> I want to see what uh cornerback Banks does for the uh, New York Giants. I mean, they drafted him really to be their number one corner. Um, I want to see what he do. Um, as far as teams that I'm watching, obviously I'm watching my team um, to see how we respond. But I'm also watching the Ravens because I feel like the Ravens are the team that we're going to have to compete with in the division. Um, the defensive rookies I'm watching, hmm, that's a tough one. That's a lot one. But I can pass it to you. I'm about to get back to you on that one. All right, so offensively, I am watching Kirk Cousins. The last time they played the Eagles, he looked like crap. Through what, three picks? And I think two of them went to Darius Slay. It was a very ugly game for Mr. Cousins. He's going to need to bounce back, especially because James Bradbury isn't playing. So their secondary, and not only, I'm sorry, not only James Bradbury isn't playing, but their starting safety, one of them, Reed Blankenship, isn't playing either. So they're going to have less help over the top. This should be a much cleaner game for Kirk Cousins. I know we both picked him to lose, but still, at the very least, he shouldn't throw the ball I'm sorry he shouldn't get picked off three times um defensively I'm watching Chris Jones you got your money now what are you gonna do with it also the Colts D-line had a very good game more specifically uh Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner had great games against his Jags um offensive line and so Chris Jones is arguably the best D tackle in football right now he should have as good if not a better game especially now since he finally signed his name on the dotted line and the rookie I'm watching is B. John Robinson uh last game he had a fine game but I mean he wasn't the player everybody was talking about that was Tyler Algier and the Packers run defense is a bit more stout than what they faced in Carolina so I want to see what Bijan is able to do especially because I don't trust Desmond Ritter and I think they're gonna have to rely on the run game if they want to get some wins so I want to see how he goes up against a tougher defense and obviously I'm calling out Baltimore because everybody knows I love me some Joe Burrow Jamar Chase is my boy but uh, we we owe Cincinnati from the last two games we played. Well, okay, okay. Well, I, I got it. I didn't know if we was doing players, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna do, uh, for me, DeJuan Jones. Uh, he's going up against TJ Watt. That's a big. That's a big uh, giggle. How can you do it? I mean, you're massive. You're huge. But how can they play against TJ Watt? I mean, he's one of the best, if not the best. As rusher in the league, besides Miles Garrett, and no, I I would put him over Miles Garrett. That's true. You're going you're going one on one, you know. So it's going to be tough. It's a tough ask, but hey, I want to see how he holds up on that right side. Um, player, as far as veteran, I'm watching is my quarterback. He didn't look sharp. Um, I know a lot of people say, "Well, it's the weather," and it doesn't matter. He didn't look sharp. Um, you got to perform better than what you did this week. Uh, they're going to shut down the run game. You know, we leaned on Nick Chubb real hard this week against Cincinnati. But the Steelers are going to shut that down. So I'm, 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 my, my spotlight is on DeJuan Jones and Deshaun Watson. No, I can't even front like <laughs> the Steelers' run defense is good. I mean, how many yards did the 49ers run for, like, 150-something? Something disrespectful? I'm, I'm on the opposite end. I would pound the rock. Nick Chubb, you finna get the ball at least like 25 times, my brother. I hope you ready. Like, you, I'm a, I'm a, I am dare you to stop. I don't, I don't think the Steelers going to let that happen again, especially when they know what Chubb can bring. 
I mean, Christian McCaffrey is Christian McCaffrey. That's a different. I mean, you. I mean, what you mean? Nick Chubb is the man. I mean, but we talk about as far as catching out the backfield, receiving out the backfield. But no, Christian did have 152. He went off. But I don't think they're going to get embarrassed again by Nick Chubb. You know, I, I think the division game is going to be more tough. I don't think they're going to get embarrassed by Nick Chubb. I. Their run defense was really bad. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> Um, I think I could be wrong. I know they were one of the worst in the league against the run last year. I know that for a fact, actually. Um, but we shall see. Uh, I think that, like I said, I would lean into it. If anything, I would trust my O line to run block more than I did them to pass protect. But funny note, funny note. I know it's it's gonna blow over. No one thinking the series. But did you see the Antonio Brown tweet that he put out? Are you talking about? I see the Steelers need a receiver. Yeah, and he was like, hear me out with a Steelers uniform. <laughs> All right, well, obviously. Uh, my Tom will rather chew glass and jump in a freezing lake before deal with Antonio Brown again. <laughs> yeah, ain't, ain't ever, ever happening again. And I, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. I don't really agree with much that a Steeler has to say, but Antonio Brown could not come 10 thousand feet near my team because even when he was trying to act like he was coming to baltimore like nah don't don't even play like that how do you like the jadavia cloudy uh so far i don't i mean he ain't, until jadavia Clowney has a big game i don't want him here more specifically i don't like him wearing 24 I mean, but he was chasing around. He was he was doing good. He was he was. Really I don't need good. I don't need you to chase. Tackle. <laughs> this ain't track. Tackle him. And there was one missed tackle. I'm sorry, tangent. There was one uh, whiff he had. I, it ended up being a hold. But like instead, like he C.J. Stroud was able to get off of the edge, and then this ma, this dude just like oh man, like throwing his arm like brother, move run. Do your job. Man, look, I don't look. If I just wanted a track star, if I just wanted somebody to be running a man around to be running around, shoot, I don't gotta pay you to do that. Let's see. Knowing our luck, probably like three or four. Yeah. Just, yeah. Last thing on Jadavian Clowney, because. A, another person who I don't really give much attention to. It was funny. I was listening to a Ravens podcast and they were talking about him and they said something along the lines of like it being realistic for him to get like five and a half, six and a half sacks. And I was like, who are you talking about? What do you mean? Did you not watch him? He's not a pass rusher. He's a run stopper with an asterisk on the bottom. What do you mean? Yeah, he's a run stopper. He's a glorified run stopper. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, but we just we just got to stop looking at him like he's a pass rusher because he's not. If you look for Jadavian Clowney to be a pass rusher in this day and age, in the good Lord's year of 2023, you are delusional, and you're going to be disappointed every time. Oh, I agree. Yeah, so no. Um, again, thank you so much for being out here talking NFL with me. It's always a pleasure and a half. Anything you want to say before I let you go and we move on to NBA? Oh man, I'm just like I said, I'm just looking forward to each week, each game. Um, it's going to be an interesting season, a fun season. It's going to be a journey. 
and I will be tuning in, listening, and be joining every now and then to the show. So. Most deaf. And in the words of the great Michael Scott, when it comes to the football season, I am ready to be hurt again because that's all this is. It's just pain and heartbreak. But none more so than Jets fans and Giants fans right now. So, you know, they going through it. All right, let's go ahead, though, move on to the NBA. All right, and now joining me to talk some NBA, we have a very special guest, a guest that you guys are probably familiar with hearing from. It is my embryo, my embryo, bro, my embryo, Chris Waters. How you doing today, embryo? I'm doing good. And no, I'm still a special guest, and I want to be treated like a special guest. I don't want you to be be mean and nothing like that. Treat it like treat me like a special guest. You remember how not even ten seconds ago. You just said you wasn't going to say nothing off the wow. Well, no, I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Well, you are a liar, so I shouldn't be shocked. Um, so oh, well, normally when over the airways, right. normally when Embryo joins the show, we just talking about wrestling, making some predictions or recapping the pay-per-view, but instead we're going to talk about some NBA because for those of you who do not know, Embryo is a die-hard Grizzlies fan. Literally has die the hard. logo on his skin. Say it louder so they can hear it in the back. You could say it louder. And so I got the Grizzly tattoo on me. I'm a Memphis Grizzly for life. So if anybody got a problem with the Memphis Grizzlies, just come down here and talk to me. Anyway, you're not going to do nothing. But, yeah, with Ethan away, <laughs> just subbed in one Grizzlies diehard for another. And I'm happy that you're here. So, Embryo, you ready to talk some hoops? Let's talk some hoops. Let's talk it. All right, so probably the biggest news of the day not revolving around the piece of shit that is Kevin Porter, who I will not give any more energy to. Um, it came out that the NBA Board of Governors has approved new a new policy that a team is unable to rest two star players in the same game. How do you define a star? Well, I will tell you. A star is defined as a player who has made an all-star or all-NBA team in the past three seasons. We've heard so much about how resting players and low management has been an issue, and it's kind of taken away from the NBA experience. So do you think that this new rule passing is going to change the game and kind of bring another excitement level back to basketball, or do you think teams are going to try to find a loophole? Uh, so the answer to that would well, one I'm, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get personal with it in a second, but I do think teams are gonna try to find a loophole. They always do, uh, and they will find one. But I do think it brings a little bit of excitement to the game because we can talk about it. How we went to the uh, Memphis Grizzlies in the Mavericks game, and not only did Luca rest, then Kyrie rest. Well, no, 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 no. Luca was actually hurt. He had gotten okay. hurt like the game before. Well, okay. And well, I, I think Kyrie like was hurt too. Okay, okay. Well, you, you think that was hurt? That's just what they were saying, the rest of them. You said, no, like, I know, I remember distinctly, Luca got hurt the game before, because I feel like I texted you and was like, are you kidding me? Okay. Yeah, Luca was legitimately hurt. I think that Kyrie was also hurt, um, but I know for a fact Luca was hurt. Well, that goes to, uh, that, that goes to loophole. You know, maybe if they want to rest two players, they can say somebody sprayed something at practice or something like that. But, you know, the NBA already – thinking about something past that. But I think it does bring excitement to the game because a lot of people pay for these tickets. And if it's not injury, like with us, it was injury. But if we can help it, hey, people are paying to buy tickets to see that they're either one of their favorite players play or just to see a great player play. So I think this definitely helps um, 
the NBA because you know people we want to that's what we want to see because even though it was a good game I felt from my um, point of view I haven't been to a Memphis Grizzly game in years I just prefer to watch it on TV because I don't like to be in the stadium but you know I was a little bit hurt even though it was a good game not having Ja for his reasons of course his personal reasons and um, not seeing Luca and not seeing Kyrie so I mean I think it would definitely help for other games um, now to get to the point where the definition of a star the past three seasons happen to be in the All Star um, game. All Star game or named to All NBA team. Okay, I, I get more the um, All NBA team because sometimes you know some All Stars, you know, you just sneak in. But uh, I'm not saying it's not deserved, but so you know, some people just uh, some people in. just get in barely by the skin yeah, of their teeth. T. Yep, but uh, I understand with the um, All NBA. Um, team. I definitely get that. But uh, I feel like they should just kept it all NBA. But um, I, I like it. I think it does make the league better. Now, I got two more questions on this. Do you feel like the past three years, do you think that's the right size parameter? Should it be all-stars for or all NBA in the past five years? Or maybe it should be one year or two years. Do you think three years is enough time? Uh, it should have just been one year. I mean, if I wanted to go off what I wanted to do, I, I would have just said the All-NBA. If you made All-NBA, you are considered an All-Star, whatever you want to call it, a superstar. And starting this year, uh, you know, you should count for that. I really want to count the All-Star game, but I don't know why they would do three. If you want to even include the All-Star, just say starting now, you know, for the past year, if you was in the All-Star team or All-NBA, you're considered a star, and, you know, go with the rule from there. I don't know why they would choose three. That's a little random to me. I think they might choose three for players like maybe a Kawhi Leonard who, like, has been the king of load management over the past few years, and I don't think he's made the last couple of All-Star games. I absolutely could be wrong. And so maybe because, like I said, he's been one of the kind of the poster boys for it. Maybe they just want to show, like, players like him and, like, maybe some older players who haven't had as much, like, recent high – I'm trying to think of the right terminology for this – who haven't recently been, like, in the spotlight as one of the best players in the league so they don't fall under that umbrella too. But, and just – I'm going to let you uh, go with the rest, but – I also feel like another reason I should have kept All-Star, I mean, um, All-NBA, is because some people made All-Star but didn't make All-NBA. Yeah. And it's like, you know for sure, even though it's a tough list, and not all the best players make All-NBA because it's such a short list, but you know they are the best of the best. And with that being said, it's like, uh, and also, um, just to be personal, it's like, John made All-Star this year. But of course, because of his reasons, he did. He couldn't make all NBA, so it's like he still wouldn't be able to rest. Like it's, it's, no. it's just a little weird. Uh, well, he could technically rest, but him and Jaron cannot rest the same game. Oh, uh, did, they, did yeah? I mean, Jaron was an All Star. I can't think. Did, no, Desmond Bain didn't make it. No, he didn't. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I got you. Um, I think it does make it better, just to get back to the main point, uh, because a lot of times people would rest their players all the same time, and um, it's not fair to the fans, especially if you don't go to games and you got the last bit of your money to go see this player play, then boom, they're just resting, which it won't stop it completely, because maybe they will rest the other star of play, but it kind of stops it a little bit. Now, what team do you think is going to be most affected by this rule, and why is it the Clippers? (laughs) 
Hey, I was gonna say the Clippers, but I'm gonna I'm not gonna say them because they're usually injured. So it was it wasn't really well, with Kawhi, it's weird. Sometimes, yeah, and other times, he's just not playing. Because they, they be saving him for the uh, postseason, especially after All-Star break. No, nah, that brother ain't always hurt. They just saving him for the postseason because when That's he plays, saying, he's they're great. They're going to say he's hurt. They're probably going to just work their way through. A lot of teams are going to work their way through. Yeah, for sure. Uh, hurt. Now, I will say maybe the Lakers because A.B. and LeBron, but – it's sad to say it, AD. AD be hurt. LeBron <laughs> just rested. So it's like I can see it hurting the Lakers a little bit, or even the Warriors. Even though Steph doesn't uh, rest usually, but you you got Clay, Steph, Draymond, and Chris Paul. That's a lot of stars on that team, and you. Will, and they all. So you can't. Did they say you can't rest two? You can't rest. You who is designated as a star can rest. The others... Yeah, that's interesting. That is very interesting because if you have uh, a couple teams with... Like, uh, think about the uh, Suns. I don't think yeah, they really going to rest people because D-Book is still relatively young. Bradley Beal, he's just getting there. KD, KD oh, low-key be hurt. KD, no, I definitely believe when KD doesn't play, he's hurt. KD doesn't really rest. He likes to play, so I agree with you. So it probably wouldn't hurt them as much. But let's just say they're let's say they stay healthy the whole season and they want to try to get ready for the playoffs and like, hey, two of y'all got to play and only one, one of y'all got to only one can sit. So I, you know, the Warriors with four stars is a little different, but so now because I am such a benevolent and honest uh, podcast host, we kind of been talking about a whole bunch of teams in the Western Conference who are affected by this. Do you think there are any teams in the Eastern Conference who will suffer because of this? Um, I'm not. I, I really want to say no because Giannis and who, who else? Giannis has Middleton, Chris Middleton. Middleton. They they play they play ball. Yeah, this is where they rest. Um, James Harden might not even just play for the team, but if he plays, you know him and Embiid, they still play. Uh, or Joel is hurt. Play, he might be hurt. I mean, both of them would just be hurt, honestly. That's what I'm saying. And, like, the Boston, they all play. So, it's like, I don't really see a – I say a big team. I don't see a team over there in the East that does that. Even Miami, they all play unless they're hurt. Um, now, now, hear me out. Hear me out. Not not to play devil's advocate or whatever, but you trying to say the teams in the, in the West, they weak? They don't care about ball? They just collecting their checks? Some of them, but uh, I ain't gonna say no names. But I mean, I just feel like it, I feel like the East. Um, if I could put it, have more. How can I say this? I don't know because a lot of people say, "Do you think the East is better than the West?" Absolutely not. Some people think the East is uh, better than the West. Oh, I feel like the West has more superstars, and the stars they have. Are old, either older, which I'm calling like LeBron, Chris Paul, even Steph and Clay are getting up there. Uh, they're not as you know they getting up there. So it's like I don't know. I just it's like the West has more people that rest, uh, that rest more I'm, than the East. That I, I think I find it very interesting that people think that the Eastern Conference is better than the Western Conference because of the last. What let's let's set a parameter of the last ten years since twenty thirteen, there the have been what? four Eastern Conference champions. 
and there have been six Western Conference champions. Because who's the last one to win in the East? Milwaukee. Uh, Bucks, right? Yep. Bucks in 2021. Yep. So, I, I just feel like with, I, I don't know, I, I want to say, I don't want to say harder workers, but let's be honest, the, the East has two of the hardest workers in the game with Giannis and, like, Jimmy Butler. I just think they have better players in the Western Conference, like, as a whole. And this isn't a knock to the Eastern Conference, but I mean, just looking at overall star power, what team in the Eastern Conference has as much star power as the Warriors do? Or let's just say the Suns. Who has Yeah. And I'm not this isn't to say that the East doesn't have great teams, but just in terms of star quality, quote unquote superstars, the West is bodying them. Besides Boston, which sometimes they uh, um, you know, um, I do isolation basketball and all that. But even Boston's at times, I feel like East have more team ball on their uh, side. Yes, There's I would agree with teams that. Teams that work together, they don't rely on just their superstar. Because even Toronto, even though they not like as they nowhere near as good as it used to be. Every time I used to see them, I'm like they play as a team. Um, Milwaukee as a team, definitely Miami as a team. Um, I feel like now with the Wizards, they might. Uh, play a little bit better now because I feel like Titus Jones is going to do something good at start point guard for them. But um, I feel like West is more superstars. You know what I mean? So. Yes, I agree with that. But uh, we just actually just mentioned the Warriors. And um, according to Mark J. Spears, Chris Paul is expected to start for the Golden State Warriors this upcoming season, which is an interesting thing because when he was traded there, there was speculation he'd be coming off the bench. Um, the report is that the team is looking to pop Paul in and out of the lineup in five minutes spurts. So let's say it is officially official CP3 is in that starting lineup. What do you think is the ideal starting five for the Warriors? How would you break uh, that roster down? I have no idea. Wasn't Draymond come off the bench? No. I could have sworn he came off the bench sometime last year. So you got Draymond, you got Steph Clay, Chris Paul. I'm trying to think who's in that. You want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. I want to hear you. I want to hear I'd you. put CP3 a point. Steph at two guard. I know he's short, but I mean, he can shoot. And I mean, how many guards play defense anymore? Am I right? Um, and then put Clay at the three, Draymond at the four, and then uh, Kevon Looney at the five. All I'm hearing is it's going to be a lot of barbecue chicken on for guards. Cause okay. Realistically, uh, I mean, what that, teams? That, that, that's a good five. I mean, that's no, a good no, no. You're five. you're absolutely right. It's just nobody really plays defense for real. What what back? I could be wrong. What backcourt tandem? Point and shooting guard. None. Yeah, exactly. Like you gonna have a liability somewhere. It's always yeah. It's gonna be a liability, but what I will tell you. And again, hey, sorry y'all, diehard Grizzlies fan. I'm pretty sure there's other people out there, um, other teams that can probably do this too. But I'm gonna focus on the Grizzlies. We got Desmond Bain, which is not a great defender, but he's strong and can defend a little bit. And we got Marcus Smart. They're gonna not stop Steph Curry, but I can see them trying to slow down Chris Paul. And you best believe John Morant is gonna be tearing up Chris Paul and Steph Curry. Whenever he comes back. Yeah. I that'll be interesting. I look forward to watching it. Yeah, like I said, I'm not saying oh no, I'm not saying, oh no, they gonna shut down Steph. I'm not saying they gonna shut down Chris Paul. Chris Paul can still get a bucket, especially with mid range. I'm just saying, you know, they can 
slow them down a little bit, push them around a little bit. Uh, but I'm more thinking offensive end because you are right. A lot of guards don't play defense anymore. So, I mean, you're not wrong at all. I'm just thinking on offensive end. Like, you know, they're going to score on people, but. Yeah, who who they going to stop? Those guards. They're going to be having a field day. Oh, most def. Totally Clay agree. can't guard everybody. He's not the same defender, but he's not a bad one either. And it's like, Clay can't guard everybody. Oh, absolutely not. And, I mean, the thing is, Clay, I'll be interested to see how Clay plays the three. Well, think about, yeah, I, I will be interested to see that. But think, even think about this, Kyrie, Luca, what are they going to do with them? What are they going to do? What are they going to do with the Suns? I mean, who? who well, nobody can really do nothing with the Suns, but still, like. They going to do it to themselves, as they have done the past several years. You talk the Suns? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I can't argue against that. They're going to find some type of way to mess it up. 100%. I mean, I'm trying to think of other guard tandems. Um, realistically, Austin Reeves, what are y'all going to do with him? Like, not, I'm, and I, I mentioned him because he's not even a superstar. Then we're not even talking about Shea. We're not even talking about, let's say that Dame actually does end up in Miami. Yeah. What are you gonna do with Dame and Tyler Hero? He should, he should have been there. I don't know. It's like, what are y'all waiting? He's. For? He, I'm going to say he's going to Miami because there's no other option. Yeah, but clearly at this point, Portland don't like what Miami is offering. Would like, you rather get him and have him keep him and have him disgruntled and get nothing for him and kind of stunt the growth of Anthony and uh, what's his name, Scoop? Or do you say, you know what? Take what we can get. Wish him the best. Because the longer you hold hold him hostage, for lack of a better term, the more he's going to resent you. Because y'all not I, winning nothing. Let him go. I, I'm not going to disagree. I do feel like he's still going to go out there and play hard and uh, show his worth because it's just the player he is. But I also think, I think the only reason, I think we talked about that. I think the only reason, yeah, you probably brought it up, is the only reason I still hold on to him is going to be a couple teams playing way better and think they one piece away from winning a championship and then they're going to try to throw wherever they can to get Dame and make, or pick picks and stuff like that to get Dame. That's probably what they're waiting on. Probably like a close to all-star break or um, trade deadline, my bad. Trade deadline and try to see what they can do. Now, before we're going to play our game believable over Fooner in a second. But who gets traded first, Damian Lillard or James Harden? <sighs> I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Dame, and the only reason because he shows that he's loyal. He's been loyal to his team forever. Everywhere James Harden, not saying he was wrong or right. Ever since Houston, and even he pushed his way out of Houston. Everywhere he's went, he's asked for an out every time. And I, even I thought he'd be happy. You playing with and be, it's a pretty good team. You asking out of that. If you're not happy with KD and Kyrie, my brother, I don't know what to tell you. Well, the thing, the thing with that, just to get personal with that, you know, you know, at that time, people was like Kyrie wasn't playing, which he wasn't, but he had his own things he was doing. Not saying that was right or wrong, but, you know, he had his own stuff he was doing. I think he, I feel like he thought Kyrie won in it and they weren't doing nothing about it, so I'm going to just leave. But you still had Kevin Durant that was all in. That's still so, a crazy thing to say in your James Harden. When have you yeah, no, been I in agree. it? <laughs> I agree. It's not, it's not like this James Harden of the old that was super final. I mean, not finals, Lord. Uh, league MVP, but still coughed it up in the Western Conference Finals. But, Car use. 
but at the same time, he was going against the great Warriors. But regardless of what happened, he still used to cough it up. But uh, it's like, bro, wherever you go, you're not going to be happy. Yeah. And it's like, why would I want to give up pieces for you just to try to leave again? Not only that, but you're older and you're less productive. Agreed. Less productive. And it's like, I don't want you in my locker room. No. You're, you're going to be negative, especially if I'm rebuilding. I know they said he was trying to, trying to go back to the Rockets. Why would I want you in the locker room with my young players? Yeah. M.A. Udoka already shut that down. He said, nah, we yeah, good. so it's like, I, I say, dang, because he shows he's loyal. He's still productive, even though he gets injured every now and then. But, um, Seems like he just gets injured when it matters most. I don't know if that's just me or not. But, I mean, they put they can't do nothing without Dame. They put so much on his shoulders. I think know, your body just can't take all that. I agree, and you know, Dame Dame would get traded before James Harden because I can't even think of where James Harden can go. I know they was talking about Clippers. Like, why would the Clippers do that? I wouldn't. Clippers got their own problems they got to deal with. No, straight up. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Dane. We are in agreement on that one, my brother. But, all right, let's go ahead and play our game of Believable or Buffoonery. And we are going to start things with a guy you know quite well, and it is Dylan Brooks. Um, In a recent press conference, he kind of talked about the villain role that he's been bestowed over the past couple of years. And he said, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and embrace it. Um, on playing yeah. like the villain, he said, it's just like Kobe Bryant. He had to figure out how to create the Black Mamba, a different persona when he comes on the court. I guess that's my persona, the villain. So, believable or buffoonery, Dylan Brooks taking on the villain persona is good for the NBA. It seems like a lot of people likes, they, they like to hate on him, and he does it to himself. And every league needs a villain. Um, one thing, I, I would say it would be perfect if he could actually back up everything he, he says on the court. Like, yeah, he's a good defender, but, bro, you need to bring some offense with that too, especially because he used to be a little better on offense than he fell off last year. Seeing him score 40 points, I mean 39 points, uh, I was proud for him. Uh, I like him embracing it. I really do. Um as being the best, like great for the league, I don't think he's on the league like level yet as being the villain. But he can get there. I mean, I like it. I'm all for it. I support him. He's a hard player. I mean, I, you'll never say he's not a hard player, but like, bro, you need to work on your offense. But I like it. I like it too because maybe one that there's no cool nicknames no more. Yeah. Like, like, like we just have like we got King James. That's fine. We got dang off the top of my head. Do I even can? I can't really think of no I other really. And there, there's really no I other know, like. Uh, uh, Babyface assassin. That's stealth, ain't it? I guess I, embryo. How many times in your life have you actually called Steph Curry <laughs> the Babyface assassin? Because I almost yeah, said I've the. I've never called him that until now. I've never called him that until exactly. now. Exactly. I almost. I thought about it they said it on TV. Yeah, I almost said the Slim Reaper for KD, but how many people actually call him the Slim Reaper? Like, the first time I heard that. <laughs> right, exactly. And so, like, n- there's no real cool nicknames. And usually once you get the nickname, you earn said nickname. And I think that I'm not necessarily, like, the whole villain persona. Like, I don't think people are going to start calling him the villain. But 
just kind of buying into that. Like LeBron with King James. It's on his social media. He does the crowning. Like, he bought into that nickname. He bought into that persona because, hey, if you calling me King James, I got to live up to that. And so I think that with Dylan Brooks doing that and kind of buying into that villain persona and just I'm, I, I, he's already kind of a douchebag like to other players like this is kind of a fact but like I think him kind of buying into it can make things really interesting because like we have like a Patrick Beverly who does like irritating stuff and says irritating stuff all the time but like I don't think anybody really takes him as seriously just because like man whatever that's just Patrick Beverly but I think that Dylan Brooks can kind of change that and actually be the quote-unquote villain but like you said you can call yourself a villain, villain, but if you're not backing it up, nobody cares. That's what I'm saying. Like last little point, um, what my point on? I, I know you have more on it. Like he needs to, if he wants to be a villain, and I know he's not doing this, but if he's gonna be a villain, then score 39 points. Amazing. I love it. I mean, I bought all in for the villain when he walked in with Stone Cold little jacket on. Um, I really like that. But uh, are you saying Stone Cold is a villain? No, I just I just like that he had like his own little style. He he don't mind the attention. You mm-hmm. know, that's what I'm saying. I was and gonna I was gonna, I was gonna say, say, dang, Embryo, look at us agreeing. I will say this. <laughs> I, I will say one thing though. He's on his way because he wasn't a great offensive player last year. Draymond wasn't a great offensive player last year, but they was must see TV every time they played against each other. So he's on his way. If you in the same. Well, not not rings and stuff wise, but like he's like Draymond. Cause I, I feel like Draymond was Draymond was like the villain of the league for a while. Hundred percent. He's like him. It's like Draymond. It's like kind of like Draymond is handing the crown to Dylan because he gives Dylan attention. He was yes. dogging Dylan on the podcast, and then like when them folks was like playing on ESPN, mm-hmm. ESPN was waiting to watch it. I think even Kitchen Perkins said it one time. He was like the Memphis Grizzlies versus the Warriors, and everybody was looking at Dylan Brooks and Draymond Green. Yeah. So, I mean, he's on his way. He's on his way. Now, don't let him win a chip. He's not winning with the Rockets, but, no. but, like, he's on his way. I would say his villain his villain antics are different than Draymond because Draymond is physically touching people and, like, yeah. asking to get his ass whooped. It's just that how many players that he does. Like, DeMontis Sabonis, after he stomped him out, yeah. he wasn't going to do nothing. He should. I wish that he would have. Yeah. But he wasn't going to do nothing about it. Dylan Brooks, he's not the type to touch you, but he's going to talk crazy in the media. He's going to talk stuff to you in your face. He's going to be obnoxious. And He's going to say stuff he shouldn't be saying. He'll be like, you like, you rub your head. Like, it don't matter how much I had degrees this winning last year against the Lakers. We all know that. It's just something about me when he called LeBron old. I was like, man, why you do that? He poked the bear. Exactly. Poked the bear. I'm like, come on, man. Just let him sleep. And let it's not sleep. even like LeBron had a crazy good series, but it's still like, why would you do that? LeBron played around him. LeBron, he was like, okay, you want to do that to me? LeBron didn't really go out there unless he wanted to and scored. He was like, I'm going I'm to make all my players better. There's nothing you can do about it. See, but again, this is going on a whole another tangent, but y'all listen long enough. You know what this is. That's change the name of the show to. Shut up. That's why (laughs) I'm more of a Kobe Bryant fan for stuff like that. Agree. If you gonna call me out specifically, you gonna get it from me. Like a prime example. Um. What was this? Was this 2011 when Mark Cuban, before the Lakers and the Mavericks played, said that the Lakers should amnesty uh, Kobe Bryant's contract 
What did Kobe do? He dropped 60 in the first three quarters and said the infamous amnesty that. I don't even remember the player for the Trailblazers name, but this is early 2000s. He called himself the Kobe stopper. What did Kobe do? Give him buckets all game. Oh, and then beat them in overtime with the game when it shot over his head. That's that's what I like. Like if you if you gonna say my name, I'm gonna make you regret it. LeBron did not individually did not make Dylan Brooks regret saying his name, and that's that's the disconnect. That's why I just cannot get jiggy with LeBron. Well, one of the many reasons is just uh uh-uh. uh. Like you say my name, and I'm considered the greatest, or at least one of the greatest of all time. I'm gonna make you pay. You gonna get it. You gonna feel all fifty of these points. I understand it. I, I, like, like you're right. Like LeBron and Kobe are two different players. Kobe, uh, you want to say that about me? Hey, watch this real quick. And LeBron, one of them people. Also, you got your all your eyes on me. All right, let, let me just let everybody else whoop you and let you not do nothing about it. So two different, yeah, two different people. And I, I get why you like Kobe because Kobe would have definitely did that. Let, D- Dylan Brooks wouldn't even say that to Kobe. Probably. Yeah, no, he know better. He know. I don't know. D- D- Dylan be talking out the side of his neck. No, nah, no, nah, he knew better. He knew he, he knew who to say it to. Because I, I can say this, I have never heard him say, man, Steph ain't shit. Steph ain't going to drop 20. Steph ain't going to drop 30. He ain't going to do nothing against me. Did he say something about Steph? I don't think, not in that, if he has, not to that effect. He didn't say his name specifically. Uh, he never said that to that effect. I can't remember. It was just. Let me say that. He didn't say. No, I, think, I, think him, I think it was just that one game with people. I'm not saying Dylan Brooks can shut down Steph Curry. I'm not saying that. But it was the game where uh, him and. Um, Draymond was arguing. In. He he held he held Steph to something. But you know, I, when Steph, I don't. I never just see nobody just um, shutting down Steph. Maybe no. he just had a bad night. But I'm gonna give Dylan Brooks the credit uh, where credit is due. He was playing real hard defense on Steph, and Steph had like a bad game. But yeah. I don't remember if he said something. I, I'm wrong. I think he was just arguing with Draymond. I don't I think. think right. I, I'll say, say this: I Steph. don't remember him ever specifically calling out Steph Curry. Let me just say that. I th- he didn't call out the Warriors, yeah. not he, Steph Curry. Yeah, he he know better. He, he, he picks and chooses his own battles. You right, you right. All right, let's go ahead and move on. I mentioned LeBron a little bit ago. We're going to talk about his teammate, Anthony Davis. Stephen A. Smith is well known for causing a bit of a controversy, and he was no different in his recent comments explaining why Dwight Howard had a better career than Anthony Davis, saying Anthony Davis was a prolific scorer, but at the end of the day, he wasn't relevant until he arrived to the Lakers with LeBron James. Dwight Howard was a three-time defensive player of the year, an extraordinary shot blocker and a racer. He never was the offensive player that Anthony Davis was, but certainly was just as impactful yes and more successful because he was on the same squad that Anthony Davis won a championship with as a reserve which means he's got a ring too so you offset that and look at and now look at how their career look at both their careers Let, let's just focus on the top part because I Ethan and I have talked about this at length about like the careers of a- AD and uh, Dwight Howard so let's just focus on the top part of believable or funery Anthony Davis was not relevant until he was traded to the Lakers. I'm going to let you go on your spiel, but I'm going to quickly say that's buffoonery. <laughs> and I'll let you ex- go and give your answer before I explain why it's buffoonery. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. Um, relevant, right? Relevant. Buffoonery, I'm going to say that that's wrong. Anthony Davis was in New Orleans, turn it up. Now, did they go anywhere really? No, I don't think they even got out the first round. But Anthony Davis, a lot of times, was just by himself. By himself, so I'm not gonna say he wasn't relevant. Um, he was definitely down there dominating. 
and um, we're just gonna start like on the we're just gonna do on the top part. So yeah, he was definitely relevant before the Lakers, because if he wasn't relevant, the Lakers wouldn't have wanted him anyway. Because Lakers go for superstars, so we do. That's definitely uh, buffoonery. He was definitely relevant. Now we can go into the rest later. And also, let me let me just let me just lay this on you. I hate Kentucky's basketball team, high school. I mean, college basketball team. Hate them for a long time. Why did I hate them? A big reason for that was Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis was that dude in college. And if, what's it called? Even if Stephen A. Smith just relegated it to, like, NBA, I'd still say it's buffoonery because, like you said, he was tearing it up in uh, New Orleans. But even with his best team with Boogie, and uh, Rajon Rondo, like they weren't really going nowhere. But college Boogie Anthony Davis, I'm sorry, what'd you say? Boogie got injured too. Yeah, but I'm saying college Anthony Davis was, this was what, 2014, around that time, was considered one of the best. I know, every, we getting old, Embryo. We getting old. We getting old. <laughs> but at that time was considered one of the most dominant players in the nation. Defensively, all the stuff that uh, what's called that Stephen A. just said about uh, Dwight Howard, AD was that dude in college too. There was a reason he was a first overall pick. There was a reason why teams were dying to get him and thought he could be the face of their franchise. Agreed. NBA wise, resume compared to Dwight Howard, yeah, no, it's not as good. But AD was a bad dude, and you hit it. You hit it perfectly. The Lakers ain't going for you if you're not a superstar, especially considering how much they gave up to get him. So no. Man, they went for Dwight Howard. <laughs> no, 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 not um, uh, what Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, like, nah. And, uh, and I'm happy you did say that because I was about to say career wise, and Anthony Davis still has time. He just got to stop getting injured, but he has, he still has time. Uh, they both got one ring, but because they was on the same team. Same, yep, same team. Um, I, I just feel like right now, Dwight, like you just said it, Dwight Howard has had a better NBA career at the moment. Because even though um, Anthony Davis was dominating, and like I say, it, it was different times, but he was still dominating uh, with New Orleans. It wasn't the Hornets at the time. I don't remember. Who um, cares? Who <laughs> cares? <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, um, he couldn't get anywhere with him. Now, you know, he didn't have a lot of people with him or any at all, but he still didn't. Get him out the first round. He got him to the playoffs, and uh, but Dwight Howard got his team to the finals. So, you know, he had help on that team, but uh, well, not like major help, but he had a little bit of something. But he got them to the finals, and um, Anthony Davis still got some stuff to do because he, besides that first year, really, really the first year with the Lakers, he's just like it's like he stopped dominating. I would definitely say after the rain. Yeah. I feel like he, after he got his ring, he calmed down a little bit. I'm not saying that's wrong. I mean, you're getting your money, you got your championship. But if he kept putting up New Orleans numbers with the Lakers right now, even though they only got one championship, it wouldn't even be. I, I'd say it'd be close, but I would probably take Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is more talented, more skilled. It was just Dwight was more dominant. He played very hard. And, you know, he, so right now, Dwight is winning career-wise. Yeah. I mean, he got his team to the finals as the main guy. Even beat my Lakers in one game, even though that series should have been a sweep. He's the reason why we didn't get a Lake uh, Kobe LeBron uh, finals. Yeah. Friendly reminder for anybody who forgot. But all right, well, last question. I'm sorry, what you saying, bro? I'm just saying I'm with you. Dwight Howard was that dude. Yeah, I I love me some Dwight Howard till he came to L.A. 
and I'm, he I'm no, he didn't because he was just such a waste of space that one season. And I remember this so well. He was. I remember. It was that was this summer, like Gano style had came out, and it was him and Steve Nash and other players were recording in the locker room. And Kobe obviously was not doing it. And so they said, Kobe, why aren't you dancing? My brother said, I don't ride horses. <laughs> I love Kobe. Rip Kobe, man. I miss Kobe Bryant so much. The Royale had a lot of building up to do. What Kobe called soft. He's soft. <laughs> Soft. soft and guess what he is soft oh i oh i hated dwight howard after that I, he was my one of my least favorite players for a long time him and james harden i've gotten over it with dwight but james nah okay <laughs> oh yeah that that we'll talk about it later okay moving on to our last question to believe or before we move on to nba stuff lebron james topic of conversation always Seems to have his sights on another big moment. And no, I'm not talking about the finals, even though I'm sure he wants to make it back there. After uh, Team USA's loss in the FIBA World Cup, I didn't watch, but I think they came in fourth place. Um, it is being reported that LeBron wants to represent Team USA at the 2024 Paris Olympics and is spearheading a group of future Hall of Famers, including Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, to be a part of the team. So... I ain't gonna front with you. I don't care. I don't watch the Olympics. I don't. I don't really care. But Embryo, you might care. So believable or buffoonery, LeBron James will play in the Olympics in 2024 at the tender age of what 40? Something like that. He getting up there too. The more he get up there, I'm like, I'm getting up there. But uh, I'm like you. I don't even know when they even play in the Olympics, but I definitely believe it. I feel I've been like it's been all over social media. You know, I don't remember. Shoot, the last they, they didn't even get third place. They got fourth. Now I know they got fourth. I know they lost third, so they they got fourth. Like, nah, LeBron was like, nah, let me go ahead. Like you say, add another little thing to me. At age forty, because I think he is about to be forty. Uh, let me uh, go ahead and go in here. You know, bring all the superstars need to go do it. They need to go do it because think it was a conversation. A lot of superstars wasn't playing in the Olympics. Like if you look at the roster this year, I think the best players was um. When Austin Reeves, it was like Triple J was there, uh, uh, Jalen Brunson was there, Austin Reeves, um, Tyrese Halliburton. Honestly, again, Anthony Edwards was there. I I say this: the only thing that came out of that loss, uh, I feel like now it's time for Austin Reeves to take another step up because he did pretty good, and Anthony Edwards did pretty good. It's time for them to step up because I know some people still say, you know, Carl Anthony Towns should be the head of the team. Cap, cap, cap. Uh, Whoever said that is delusional. No, maybe, I'm sorry. No. Carl Anthony Towns said that, and he is, in fact, delusional as hell. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's Anthony Edwards' team. But, uh, and it should be. And uh, if they're in the main office, they need to know that. Let him know that. But uh, I believe it. I feel like LeBron, after probably seeing us lose, not even get third place, when you know we got the best players in the world, it's like, hey, let me go ahead and handle this real quick. Because, I mean, they did this last time we lost. Like, lost, um, then what, Kobe, LeBron, Wade, like, didn't all of them play? That was different, though. I don't think that was the World Cup. I thought that was the actual Olympics. Was it the actual Olympics? Yeah. But, I mean, okay, this team ain't got a Kobe. I still think, I still think they, this is still a pretty big thing. Even though I don't, I don't watch it, it's still pretty big. A lot of people watch it. Um, 
I, I definitely believe LeBron is trying to recruit Steph to KD. I don't know if they're going to do it, but I definitely think LeBron is going to be there. He's going to bring somebody with him. You already know that. Yeah, facts. And maybe try to recruit them to the Lakers. Yeah, I don't care. But it would be so funny Change. if they do all this build up and, like, <laughs> they lose. <laughs> look, look, look. It would be so funny. United States is taking a lot of losses right now. I don't know. If I mean, know. my brother, we are. <laughs> my brother, we are black people in America. We've been taking losses for the past 400 exactly. years. Exactly. Why are you. And, 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 you know, we've been taking losses forever. So when everybody else started taking losses, it's like, oh. Oh, this is a problem. <laughs> I almost said something, but then I realized that this was being recorded. So I'll save it for when we're not recording. This is all I'm saying. This is all I'm saying. Look, as as black people, we have taken losses forever. And um, it's like, if everybody else started taking losses, you know, it's like, hey, you know, (laughs) hey. All I'm going to say is when the black athletes take losses, that's when the problems come. Okay, we're moving on. Hey, 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 hey. Preaching too loud. <laughs> I, I look. I, I had to really censor that and make that PG because I had we're recording. Moving on to the WWE. Yay! Woo! Um, <laughs> in the main event of Monday Night Raw, it was Raquel Gonz. I'm sorry. I'm so used to calling her Raquel Gonzalez. Raquel Rodriguez versus Rhea Ripley. Too many R's in the main event for the WWE Women's. W championship. I don't know if they have the WWE or World Headway. It does not matter. Anyway, but what had happened was, even though Dominic Mysterio was not allowed at ringside, there was still a disturbance, an altercation, if you will. But not by anybody anybody would have guessed. It was by Nia Jax making her first return with WWE since, I believe, the Royal Rumble of this year. So, Embryo, what were your thoughts on Nia making her return? very surprised and only because of the reasons why you know even though she got let go around the time everybody else was getting let go she was actually injuring people you know what i mean so um hopefully you know she just worked on her craft because i never hated her character it's just she was injuring folks it's just that simple people was getting hurt when they was doing um matches with her so uh as long as she because i don't want her to hurt real as long as she um Worked on her craft. I was very shocked, but I'm happy she's back because Rhea needs a challenge, and she's not going to beat Rhea, but Rhea needs a challenge. Rhea is sweeping through the whole roster, and they're running out of bodies. So, yeah. happy she's back. As long as she's been working on her craft, it doesn't hurt anybody. Happy to see her back, and I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what, uh, what's going to happen next. More than anything, I just, I just got bored with Nia Jax. Like, no. we get it. You're big. What else? Like, this isn't the 80s and the 90s when your gimmick can be, I'm bigger than everybody else, here we go. Like, you got to have more substance to it. And she just didn't have it. And, yeah, she was injuring people, which is very problematic. But, I mean, I'm interested to see where it goes. Like you said, Nia could be a contender for Rhea as they kind of milk it and wane until they end up inevitably doing uh, Rhea versus Becky Lynch. So, I'm not mad at it. I'm interested to see where it goes. Um, They could have brought back worse people. That's all I'm going to say. Speaking of bringing people back, it seems like WWE is making a concerted effort, or should be, to make sure that they don't have to worry about trying to bring back Drew McIntyre once his contract ends. Now, WWE, we may have spoilers on everything else, but they keep it tight-lipped about a contract. You're not going to know till when somebody hits a free agent 
is a free agent until they wind up on AEW or Ring of Honor or some other show. <laughs> they do not tell us anything. But but we do know that Drew McIntyre's contract is coming to an end soon. Um, and in a recent interview, he talked about this and said that he has no plans to leave WWE. Um, he has no plans of being anywhere else, and I hope he doesn't either. Right now, it seems like they may be trying to shift him into a heel, which I hope they do. So, But even if they don't, let's say Drew McIntyre is still with WWE for the long haul. Do you see a cha- another championship run in his future? Yes, and I think that was one of his main problems. It was like, uh, you know, what, what are y'all doing with me? He would always build me up to be a big contender and lose. If I was WWE, I'd bring that man to the office and say, huh, here's this long contract right here because I want you to stay. About to turn you heel, you're going to be the one to dethrone Steph Rollins. That's what I want. That's what I want to see. I believe he's going to be a champion again. They're going in the right direction, pushing him towards heel. And I hope he resigns and they make him world champion because he deserves it. When we was going through the COVID age and nobody was in the, um, you know, in the, the stadiums and they was just in Florida in the, what they call it, the Superdome, whatever they want to call it. I don't remember. Yeah, who uh, cares? He was holding it down as WWE champion. He was holding it down. And it's like, he hasn't had a chance to hold a belt, like not one championship since fans have came back. And I think that's kind of messed up in a way. Even though my boy Bobby was champion, I was happy about that. But you deserves it. Um, I want him to go heel and win that championship against Seth Rollins. We are in total agreement. Also, honestly, I forgot what it was called, too, but now I remember it was the Thunderdome. Um, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. I forgot completely. Yeah. Look, those are some hard times for everybody. Uh, yes, I want him to get that moment. Now, do you think that would be a WrestleMania thing, Royal Rumble? When when does when does Drew McIntyre get his moment holding his title in front of actual fans? Well, I think it should be WrestleMania. Um, he lost... At WrestleMania, he didn't lose the championship at WrestleMania, but I remember he lost at WrestleMania um, in his quote-unquote backyard. He lost against Roman. He deserves a big moment. But he came out to Broken Dreams, so did he really lose? Yes, because he should have won then. No, he shouldn't have. Look, 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 I'm happy the bloodline is still going on. We didn't got even better stories from him. So clearly they didn't make the wrong decision. I'm just saying, he he deserves a big moment, and I feel like... The, the also protects Seth. That gives him a longer reign, and then he should lose it at WrestleMania against Drew. So I would choose WrestleMania, not Royal Rumble. I would agree with that. All right, last thing before we get up out of here: WWE and UFC. Several months ago, it came out that they were like merging with this company called Endeavor. Honestly. Forget all the details. All that matters is this Tuesday, it became officially official as several WWE officials, including Vince McMahon with the creepy mustache and, you know, my girl, Bianca Belair and Montez Ford were there as well, uh, to go to the big meeting at the New York Stock Exchange to introduce Endeavor. Huh? No, keep going. I was just talking. Okay. Yeah. And so this definitively increases the companies together. The, no one really knows how much is going to change. The only thing that's been confirmed is even though Triple H is no longer on the board of directors, he is still going to remain the head of creative, which thank God. But do you anticipate big changes happening for WWE now that this is officially official and this is no longer solely Vince McMahon's company? Uh, I don't. The only big change I can see, I don't see them really touching a lot. I just can see more 
people in UFC giving a try for WWE. That's all I can see. I don't see it being like a huge big change, the change of the format and all that. I don't see none of that. I think Endeavor, UFC, whatever you want to call them, knows what they have in WWE, and they're just going to let Triple H keeps running it. Now, maybe it gets more... Well, that goes into the TV deals. I don't know. Maybe when the TV deals come up, they'll probably get less PG, probably. I don't know. I'm not um, mad at that. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad at that. I don't know how that goes. It's just for Endeavor or just more like, you know, the TV network they're dealing with. Um, so I don't know that part. But that's the only thing I can see. Like, if you want to go major, major changes, I can see more people now that UFC has merged with WWE. Like, maybe the UFC people trying their hand at wrestling. I don't see wrestling people trying their hand at UFC. Well, that's so, happened before. I mean, it's happened, but if I had to choose what, what would happen more, I think UFC, more UFC people will try to show up in WWE than, more, than people in WWE trying to show up to UFC. That's all I'm trying to say. So, who? I'm obviously not a UFC fan, so I would be talking out the side of my neck trying to bring people up. So, who do you think? Should uh, you think, who, you, who think, could you see making a jump? No, yeah, no, but uh, uh, I don't know. I, I couldn't give you an answer. I know the easy answer would be like Conor McGregor because Conor McGregor didn't talk to well, I don't know if he talked to him, but I know like a long time ago, Conor McGregor had I think he like has he put something with Triple H, it was something with him and Triple H. So Conor McGregor would be an easy thing to say, but I'm not sure. Um, but I could definitely see like other people. I have to get with the names and stuff because I watch the fights I just don't be knowing the people's names and stuff but uh I, I, I can see it happening though uh, last time, I'll take an easy one to say maybe Conor McGregor because I think he's hinted at it before um so I'm gonna say him but I'm pretty sure it'd probably be a different name Bet. Alright, that is our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, please sure check out the export.net. I repeat, the export.net for exclusive sports content. We're going to buy yours truly and fellow export writers. Previous episodes of our lovely podcast on our YouTube channel entitled The X Report. Embryo, I know I give you a lot of grief, but you are always a special guest to me. Thank you so much for talking basketball and wrestling with me. You are my favorite PP and probably will always be. Bars. Oh my gosh, this is gonna sad. Okay, well, I. <laughs> all right, well, I was. Can we just focus on the fact I complimented you? Dang, like, you we know, don't hey, even hey, have to. Hey, everybody be safe. I enjoyed being here. She actually treated me nice. I'm so happy about that. Now, I don't know what's gonna happen when she hits, like, you know, stop record. Who knows? But as of right now, I have a win. She treated me nicely. Go Saints Nation. And uh, there you go. Y'all winning this week? Yeah, we this week. Do you know who y'all playing this week? Because I'm not going to tell you. I know exactly who y'all play, but I'm not going to tell you. And up. don't look it up. I just told you. Five, four, three, two, one. Who y'all playing? You're playing the Panthers. Anyway, uh, y'all know what it is. Please support your girls' work with the Colts. Greatly appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Um, and, yeah, y'all know what it is. Go Tigers. LSU Tigers, go Tigers, go. Memphis Tigers and uh, the squad. We got business to handle this weekend Insights. against the Bengals. What? Insights. What'd you say? Go Saints. You already said your part. Can I not say my part? Can I Can I not hype up my teams? No, you can, but you still got to hype up mine in the process. I have no – you know what? Your team does not play my team. 
this season? Ever. <laughs> no, we played last year and we won on Monday Night Football. I'm not surprised. Okay. But you do play the team that I work for, so. But that's not till later this season, so I can keep my opinions. We're going to hit a market down as a loss. <clears throat> anyway. Thank you guys again so much for listening. I cannot speak on what you just said, but I will say we will see you all next time.